Welcome home. Looking at the world of Taku's latest album. Songs to come home to. We have really special guests for this very sporadic podcast. He's not sporadic though, he's quite consistent in my opinion, but he's a man of many talents and I don't like saying saying that a lot, but it's true in this case. I think first and foremost, what really made me interested in Derek is that he's a music lover, first and foremost, but if you do a little bit of research into his history, he's a DJ, radio host, he's a creative director, creative consultant in many different fields for different people, different brands, but I think overall he's just a creative slash creator, and I'd like to give a very big warm welcome to, to Derek G. What's up, Derek? Yeah! <laughs> that was pretty good, right? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yeah, it was good. You uh, would... you revealed the name. I don't know if he, many people knew who I am, though. So, like, yeah. just saying Derek might not give it away. I think um, I think a lot of people would actually know who you are now. I just checked your your socials and your TikTok in particular, which I think you know we're going to talk about a bit later because that's the mm. where you're really killing it. I just re- saw that you just like peaked four million likes on across all your content, which is Did yeah, I? which is huge. Nice. It's a lot of you kind of get a bit a lot of double taps desensitized. Yeah, that's true. When sometimes when you have a big video and you you look at the numbers like wow, five hundred thousand, wow, a million, and then you kind of look back at it in a few weeks and you look at the likes mm. and it's like two hundred fifty thousand likes. You're like, that's a lot of people that go. I liked this enough to therefore press a button as exactly. well. And you're like, oh shit, that that's actually a big number. That's what that's what hits me more than the view count. I, I think. think there's like a lot of people take pride in their their like section or their saves. So I think it's like. Mm. And plus, four million likes actually means eight million double taps, Derek. I don't know if you've like thought about that, but that's you know people touching their Which screens eight million times. Quite a few thumb blisters <laughs> yeah. if you were to do that continually. For real. Um, but I guess for those that haven't really uh, come across you um, on TikTok or on, you know on socials or in life, um, tell us a little about yourself and what what you do. So you came across me because we were emailing about something else business related. And then you just like took everyone off else off CC and you're like, Hey Derek, (laughs) fan of your TikTok," And I was like, Oh shit, I've been exposed. (laughs) Like, cause there's the business side, right. That like, you know, I don't talk about that. I'm on there. And if you know, you know, if you don't, you Mm. know, I'm not going to push in your face. So that was pretty funny. Um, look, where do I start? Uh, let's start with TikTok. I guess I am a content creator, whatever that means. I talk about music that I love and try to put people onto things that they might not have known about or talk about it in a way that maybe hasn't been talked about on the platform before. I have always been a fan of TikTok. I never planned on posting on there. And then like one thing led to another and I I started to. And then I realized that fairly quickly that I had a experience and point of view that I think would be interesting to especially a younger audience. Mm. I, I, I take a lot of pride in sharing stuff that I love that I know a lot of people younger than me would not be exposed to as much these days because people aren't like in the forums as much. People aren't uh, reading blogs as much mm. and things that have been like news to me for a long time. Not that I'm trying to rehash things, right? I might listen to a song and be like, oh, I bet no one's talked about this on this app. So I'm going to talk about it. And it's, it's resonated and it's grown really quickly. 
and I've enjoyed it. And um, so I do that. Uh, and, you know, we can dig more into that if you like. But I also have been in the creative industries for, you know, 15 plus years, I guess. So studied design. So always been a visual creative, mm. I guess. Uh, and then worked across multiple fields, whether it's TV, brand partnerships, music industry, creative direction. Um, yeah. And then also host have hosted radio for the last 10 years. So, and, and, you know, with that and my career and all that sort of stuff lived around the world doing different things. And so I think, you know, multi-talented, like you said at the beginning, it's like, you know, when you're, when what you studied and your practice combines with your interests combines with, um, you know, radio was a, a side project mm. and then you kind of stir, stir it all up and then here I am kind of doing it all at once. Right. Um, on a, a dancing app. Yeah. So <laughs> that's interesting yeah, that's, you that's, say that's that because it, it is a deep resume. Um, a lot of the things that you've done and just going back to your story about how you and I were tied into a, a business email. Um, and mm. it's, it's funny that the same day I came across one of your videos where you put me onto some new music that I've never heard before. And I have a similar background to you where it's like music industry for the last 15 years, creative industry for the last 15 years. But it was just refreshing to see someone share music in such an inviting way and didn't make me feel, one, like out of the loop, but also, two, like it's normal to to not know about this as well. Like it's not mm. – I think that's what I love about you is that um, there's a lot of gatekeeping done. I think on our generation too, back in the blog days and vinyl collecting and DJing, there was a lot of like snobbery around the vinyl community and yeah. things like that where like you you had to have the, the best new music and you wouldn't share it with anyone because um, that yeah. was your secret weapon. But I think it's it's great that you're introducing all this like amazing information and knowledge, like you said, to the younger generation without that kind of feeling of exclusivity, which is what I, re- I really yeah, loved I, about it. I don't really get gatekeeping. I just don't understand it. Like especially, not especially, but with anything but with music, right? Mm-hmm. Like as an artist yourself, like you made that for people to listen to. If you didn't want anyone to listen to, you wouldn't put it out. So if I discovered it, it's not mine. It's something I like and I might have a personal, develop a personal connection with it, but it's not, it's not mine to keep. And it's, I think I learned that early on as a reaction to lots of like, I listened to a lot of DJ mixes, radio shows, and people won't put their track lists on it. And it kind of annoyed me because I'm like, this isn't yours to keep a secret. You're playing it, but it's more egotistical to go, to go, well, but I'm not telling you what it is. It's like, you didn't make mm-hmm. it, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so when I did my radio shows, I had like a really long Google doc, hundreds of pages, like every single radio show track list, you'd go on my website and you can just find the track because that's music. And so that's like very much fed into the philosophy of my TikTok. And some people very rarely will be like, don't tell anyone about this. I'm, I'm gatekeeping it. And it's just like, dude, it's music. Like enjoy it. Everyone should enjoy it. As many people as possible. Mm. And there's so many, so much music out there that I'm sure you know as well. That's like, you, you, you know, and love and no one really knows about because it just didn't have its moment. And to, I've had it a couple of times now where mm. I've like turned people onto stuff and it's gone semi-viral. And I'm like, that's so cool. That just, it's just lurked in a corner and no one's cared. And now, People are sharing it all over the place. That's yeah, I think amazing. even like on a small level when you discover, like for me, music and creativity has always been about discovery. 
like for yourself and then the best feeling is when you find someone else that also listens to something that you thought maybe was obscure or something that you thought you were the only person that listened to and i think what you're doing on on tiktok is like that amplified where you have this special gem that you want to share to the world and there's all these people that are like this is amazing like i had no idea that this existed but i I don't understand it either i think you know a23 comes from a very music and also photography kind of foundation but the same thing applies Mm. to film photography as well when i kind of like delved into film photography there was a bunch of people just saying oh like you're just doing it to look cool or you're just doing it to like follow the wave but it's just like allowing young people to feel that it's okay to discover new things and like feel feel brave enough to to put themselves out there i think it's really important but like for yourself how did you what was the tipping point of being a uh, an avid tiktok scroller (laughs) to being a tiktok creator because and do you like that title i I mean it is what it is but um do you find that you're more than it's it's fine it it, it comes with the biz right mm. and uh uh i i think going way way back i've always been like a tech nerd so mm. i i always read about you know what what facebook is doing instagram's doing snapchat's doing because i just love seeing tech evolve and so like tiktok was another one of those and i was interested in it and i think it'll like a lot of people joined during lockdown mm. and just enjoyed the content and then uh never thought that like my radio shows i never really had a, a huge audience it was very niche stuff and and i wasn't good at promoting it so i wasn't about to jump on tiktok thinking like all right i'm gonna be this guy that's gonna talk, be talking about music on tiktok like i just wouldn't and um i heard a trend that the sound was what is something that is uh impressive to a niche audience but it means nothing to anyone else and my brain just went, oh, I, I bet my speakers would work. I've got these speakers called Klipsch Scalas, and they're like one speaker is the size of a dishwasher. Um, and I've got two of them. And I just thought, I bet no one shared this on this platform. It's mostly youth leaning, you know. So I just filmed it and posted it and it got 300 odd thousand views. People were asking about it. I then, um, people, I, I answered questions about it. It does this, what does it sound like? What does it do? And then it kind of went from there where it was just like, oh, I just thought this would work. And then, oh, I'm talking on camera all of a sudden. And then, oh, I have more things to say about this stuff. And then, oh, I don't want to speak about hi-fi because that was never a passion, just like an interest, but not a passion. I want to talk about something else. So I'll talk about music. And then that's really when it started to like crystallize that I was doing something different or fun and like I, that i wanted to, to keep doing yeah and for you i mean i know how you feel like being a dj especially for radio obviously it's not very forward facing it's your voice it's your musical taste and i've done a, a bunch of you know i did years of um late night radio the graveyard shift playing hip-hop and then having my friends come in and freestyle so it's a very like there's a there's some safety there where no one can see you you don't have to talk to anyone face to face you're hidden like for a lot of people, even myself, Derek, like making that transition to TikTok and being more front facing as a creator. And I'm sure there's a lot of mm. young people listening or in the 823 community in your community that want to take that mm. step. Was it hard for you to kind of go from like, you know, behind the scenes to now, this is me, this is my face, this is my voice, this is, this is my life? I think the thing that I, I benefit from is that I didn't plan on it and I didn't have any ambitions <laughs> to oh, do right. it. That helps. 
Like if, if, if I had one ambition to be on take YouTube in another world, I was like, man, I'd love to be like a tech reviewer. I love phones. I love laptops. I'd love to like have a channel and talk about that shit. So that's, I would never do it, but that's like what the only time I ever thought of being on camera, this stuff. I think for many people who want to build an audience to see TikTok as a good place, it's like, if you're thinking like that, it's kind of hard to get going because it's like, I, for me personally, because the hunger didn't start from wanting to do it. And so then it started to grow. And then I started to find my voice as I was going and people were really into it. And um, so if you want to succeed, it's a hard place to start. If you want to just kind of, enjoy it and then maybe post eventually cool but maybe not everyone has to mm -hmm. but you know now i find myself in a different flow where i'm like you know you're definitely being bitten by the bug and you want to create and recreate success and then like anything and you hear this and, and whether it's like a musician or whatever mm -hmm. you start to think about like well what got me here <laughs> and how do i how do i continue that success and how do i um and then the overthinking happens. So it's like, you know, that that naivety is definitely gone with what I do now. I guess it's it's not, yeah, it's gone, but I think it also still helps with the content you create. I mean, it comes from a genuine place. You can tell you're genuinely interested in this stuff and there is no force, you know, content being made. I see that mm. with a lot of friends that, you know, are amazing musicians, but they pop off on TikTok because they shared like a dance they did or they did like, top 10 places to eat in sacramento and then they have to stick to that formula because that's what people want it's like i also make music it's like we don't care we where do we eat tomorrow so it's like you know it's one of those things where if you like you said if you go in without any crazy ambitions and experiment and have fun i guess that's the same with anything right any creative field I, yeah I totally think. but i think a hot tip though which i realized is that because i didn't want to be stuck in a hi-fi world i started to talk about different mm. things and i think part of my growth is because I just touched on different stuff. And so it's not like, oh, this guy is the hi-fi guy or this guy talks about jazz. Like I've talked about like Korean indie mm -hmm. pop and I've talked about um, like a, uh, what was it? A Tunisian folk song. And then like all the, and, and K-pop mm -hmm. and all of those audiences have found different videos and then they come streaming in. So uh, I have percentage of audience that is K-pop that, wouldn't care about all the other stuff that I didn't plan on trying to go after. I was just interested in it. So like, I think that's helped it move yeah. as well. Being like interested in lots of different things and not being like trying to stay to a format. Yeah, no, I love it. And I think also with your design history going through, you know, album covers and what inspires those things and, you know, design decisions that were made throughout the history of music. I think that kind of stuff as well is really, you know, valuable and makes your content really, you know, rich and eclectic and, varied and not the same thing all the time thanks yeah man. so try. yeah I'm trying to give out free game here for everyone because <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it's one of those things i talk to derek all the time we, we catch up every now and then and it's still something i'm trying to you know figure out for myself whether whether tiktok is for me whether it's something that i feel like i should pursue or just see how i go but um i've come and i've gone and i've come and i've gone I speak to a lot of people about it. Mm. I've worked with a lot of artists on it as well. And I think it's probably relatable to everyone that it's just like, yeah, it, I think everyone has known a few people that have popped off on TikTok. And I think any, anyone can go viral once, twice, three times. Mm -hmm. 
um, people stay around for the faces. People, I think people follow for the faces and the personalities and you can just be a bit of a billboard um, or like a newsreader, just be like, hey, this is the song to listen to today. And you could do that and, you know, you'll do 200 of them and, you know, a few of them will pop off, right? But then does anyone care about you? Mm. So I think, it, you know, for you or anyone that wants to do it, it's just like my number one, you know, thing is like, enjoying and respecting the platform and trying to contribute to it because now that i'm here like people i I work with labels and managers and stuff like that and they'll go this would be great on tiktok because it's like it's a funny video and it's like what are you actually contributing to the community that's on there like are you delivering anything of quality if it's a quality 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 funny video maybe but that's rare very rare so like but when when it's there it's it's hilarious (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But you know, mm. yeah, I I think it don't don't waste people's time, mm. you know, because people will swipe away, you know. No, totally. And the thing is, like building a, a genuine audience too, right? Of you know, for lack of a better word, a quality audience that you know responds to your your content because it's the same with any platform, or even back in the days of Instagram. And if you choose just to go down a wave and promote creativity that's carbon copy or uninspiring. Um, at the end of the day and you know i'm sure like you as well like we're all competitive in different ways i look at what people Mm. do i analyze why they work i analyze whether i want to be like that or or not or what works for them and what doesn't and that's where i kind of go okay i'm not doing that i'm definitely you know and like being a creative as well like i like the challenge of trying to succeed off different formats like i think it's more fun to be like okay this one really worked i'm never going to do that again (laughs) yeah but that's my kind of like creative puzzle that I like solving. Yeah. How's it been being a guy that, you know, I say this a lot and it's not a negative thing, but being behind the scenes, um, you know, some people don't know about the other musical endeavors you do because that's just a part of your business um, and your brand. Mm. But now that you're kind of stepping out into more of a front facing creator, a public figure mm. as you were, how are you finding that transition? Is that something that, you're enjoying and wanting to pursue more of or you trying to do both or where are you at at the moment it's tough and i appreciate the question like it's it's like i'll say no to a meeting or i will or i will be like late on reviewing a contract and then if you go on tiktok i'm live streaming and playing music and like last this monday i was like playing skrillex because we're like let's play some edm uh, you know and it's like that would be embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if the person that was like this guy is like writing this really harsh email about something, and then he's like, you know, online, mm. um, and then you know, even conversations like this, like we we were speaking, you know, on message mm. offline about like I don't know how much to share about my professional life or my personal life because it's all happened and so quickly, and I don't know if that's something that is, you know, that is part of the what people know of know me for and whether it's like too personal to, you know, I don't know. So it's, it's, it's difficult. And then like, you know, in industries and in rooms and stuff like that, some people know who you are and that helps mm. to be honest. I think I've been on a lot of calls with people from around the world and they're like, Hey, that guy. And that's really cool because, you know, uh, there's a reputation there, but at the same time, you know, I, I experiment, I make stuff all the time and it's like, oh, is, he, is this guy serious about what I'm doing, what you're doing over here? Or how do you find time to do it all? And so it is kind of weird to be putting 
you know, I'm not a full-time content creator, so people probably will kind of look at you and, you know, judge you if you're not giving them the service, but you're also talking about like Drake for, you know, recording it and making a really nicely edited video and putting it up. You yeah, know? no, for sure. I do find it fascinating though that someone with a lot of creative chops in, in especially in the direction and consultancy kind of lane, it's kind of probably you've used all that knowledge for other brands, other artists, and perhaps subconsciously using it to direct yourself, you know, and making mm. those decisions as if if I if I was uh, consulting Derek G as Derek G, what would Derek G do? <laughs> um, but I think <laughs> it's like shown that you know it's really. I think it's. I think it's. This is the kind of content for people. Because I meet a, a lot of young kids that want to be TikTok stars, want to be YouTubers, and there's normally mm. a couple of routes they want to take where it's like they want to be like Logan Paul where they kind of just do everything and young, influential, prankster kind of vibe. And then the other side is like, you know, respected, creative. Um, but I think there's also, I, I wrote in my notes here, that is, which is quite interesting to me, there's a way to... to to have opportunities based on like unique tastes and genuine interest in things because yeah. a, a lot of people yeah. do like a lot of us love certain things and are passionate about things and once once you start outwardly expressing that i think it's interesting now that you can really seize opportunities that way do you find that yourself yeah, yeah i think that's the number one thing right being genuine and and not trying to be anything or not, but you only kind of get through that by experimenting. And if people actually want to, as as opposed to me, get find some success on there, you do have to just put yourself out there. And I think I think about a lot the fact that people make burner accounts and are embarrassed because their friends will judge them. That sucks, but most people do it, and probably that's always going to be that way. Like I didn't put my name on it until on my TikTok until a few videos started rolling mm. and I'm like, Oh, maybe I should put my name. I was just a, it was my username was D <laughs> you know, cause I'm like, and it was just some random photo of whatever, because I didn't want to be on there. So like, I think you uh, be, be, be being patient as well mm. about like, you don't have, have to, because this was never my ambition. You don't have to be famous to have an impact. Or well, not that I'm famous, but you don't have to have like four million likes to to have an impact. Um, and I think that can be debilitating for a lot of people. And I think it's kind of funny that two years ago I didn't have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I used Proton Mail instead of Gmail. I was like, screw social media, Google. This is all. This all sucks. And. Uh, because of that, I kind of exist a bit outside mm -hmm. of it where like, I don't care as much <laughs> as well. Yeah. Like, so like, I treat Instagram kind of like, I don't, I don't have the baggage yep. of like what works, what doesn't. I know what works, but it's like, I don't care that much. I just, if I remember, I'll open my phone and find something and post it and then be like, ha, huh. you know, it's not, a, it's not the same as like when I speak to a lot of artists where it's like, uh, overthinking a caption, overthinking a picture. Yep. It's like, it's just doing it. Just do it. Just do it. It doesn't matter. That's just, what is it? What, what, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. You know? So, and that has, that's kind of helped, I think in the kind of general energy of it, like that I don't, it's not pressure it's just kind of enjoyment the conversation around tiktok's funny because a lot of people complain about the content on it and i a lot of creators like a lot of creative people complain mm -hmm. about it oh it's like 
the photography is like really mainstream and like some of the music that's being reviewed by these young kids, like I'm too old for that. But it's like, like, well, like you said, if, especially if you're a creator and you're in a position of, you know, you create things for a living, um, to respect the platform and contribute to it. If you think it's missing something or it needs more yeah. genuine content, then be part of that conversation yeah. as opposed to just bagging it out. And, you know, the, the constant whinging about algorithms just kills me. Because it's just like, what do what do you what do you want them to do? Like, it's you know, this is how the world works, and this is how content's consumed. But the A word, yeah, it's funny. Um, it, the, people people remove human from it and just call it the algorithm. Mm. It's like maybe you just made something bad <laughs> that no one people do not like. It's not the algorithm. Oh, yeah, you know. I got shadow banned and all this sort of stuff. It's, like, it's not good. No, it's just no, not good. exactly. It's just like, and it's also just like you're you're rooted in this negativity, and therefore the work is so, you know, the content you put out is so sparse, and then comes from a negative place to begin yeah. with, and is like you said, not not good, not forward thinking, not adapting. Like we need to adapt yeah. constantly. Um, but like being creatives, like here and on this, you know, people listening to this, like I like. The, disliking things and being motivated to do other things. Like I hate only because of my platform now on TikTok. I hate music reviewers because it's like, once I started to talk about music and people like, Oh, the new Drake album's out like out now. I'd love for you to review it and all that sort of stuff. And I thought about it. I'm like, it's not the vibe to me because I take a long time to form an opinion about any music. Mm. It, and I can hate it on first listen and five years later fall in love mm. with it. And and I don't want to be that person that just, you know, put quantifies and organizes creativity and then try to get a click out of it and then move on. It's like it's that's not art appreciation to mm. me. So like but that motivation of like I see all these people doing this reviewing and I'm like, I I, I can't do that and what else can I do that? you know, is contributing in a different way. That's not just like oversimplifying an art form and that's motivation. So sometimes, you know, it's things that you dislike can be really motivating. Yeah. I saw that TikTok actually that you did with the Homer Simpsons Bush <laughs> where you, where you talked about, you know, reviewing or rating something out of 10 doesn't really give anything justice, especially if it's something that needs to be appreciated over a long span of time, which is as an artist, yeah. that's what you hope your, your art will stand to the test of some sort of timeline. Yeah, but it's it's true. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the thing. You know, I, I have the same kind of feeling of, you know, I hate to be that person, but I honestly don't dislike any genre, any kind of movie, any kind of music. Yeah. There's yeah. degrees of like, oh, I really like that, and I don't like that as much. And it's just like, it is art that fills a space. It's art that kind of, you know, fulfills people's you know desire, depending on what your mm. taste is, and that's. It's so open, you know. I think that's probably because of the industries we work in too, because you get lots of briefs in and mm. not everything you do is for you, no. but you can appreciate that there's an audience for mm. it that would lose their mind over it. And why shit on that? Because it's not your thing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot more positivity to, you know, provide to the world. I think mm. We think of TikTok now in the music industry as well. A lot of record labels are looking at TikTok talent. And there's a lot of criticism behind it, but it's like it's a no-brainer for these labels. Do you know what I mean? They already have a, a huge following, a huge audience, um, mm. and some of them are mostly of a certain age demographic. 
But, you know, if if they're doing something right and the major labels want to come on and throw some money at it, <laughs> um, more power to them. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I guess when you get old, you just need to get old gracefully <laughs> and start realizing that, you know, I do, I do love your point about lo- loving how tech evolves because I think if you're in tune with that across most things and become a sponge, um, mm. you won't get left behind. Because I don't know about you, but it just really feels like tech is accelerating extremely fast. Um, yeah. Well, I remember being in, you know, television and then like YouTube was coming around and the big thing was like you've got to engage people within six seconds. Mm. And like, ooh, that's a big headline. And TikTok, it's like, I would, I would say like people say two seconds, but I think it's shorter than that because people like we're, we're a lot smarter, a lot savvier to this stuff. Your eyes look at it. Is this quality? Is this well lit? Is this, are they, you know, are they engaged with me? Are they then delivering a hook? You know, where are they going after the hook though, if they start rambling and like, we know we all know fairly quickly whether to swipe or not. It is scary mm. as much as I I know that those levers are there and I, I use them as well. Mm. It's scary to think that in the course of like eight years, it's gotten that quick and how much quicker, how much quicker can it but get possibly? Do you think that's us as an audience becoming more discerning or more desensitized? Because I always thought the same of like, oh, we're just mindlessly scrolling. But I don't know if it's mm. mindless as much as we think it is where we've, we're exposed to so much creative and so much art that we've just become more in sync with what we like and what we don't like. I think it keeps, it's keeping the industries as honest as they can possibly get. Uh, and, and, you know, genius, which used to the, the website genius used to be quite an important cultural hub for putting people onto new things and, and, and video content, all that sort of stuff. Now, Anyone, my next door neighbor can be that. Mm. And he can talk, tell a story behind a song, sit in his bedroom with a microphone and, and premiere and get millions of views and call himself, you know, you know, double genius and get a huge following. And it kind of keeps these people honest because people are willing to do this stuff for free now in order to get, you know, and I'm largely doing what well, I am doing all of this for free. And I, I don't know who I'm competing with, but it's you can't just have high production values and cameras and and journalists and researchers because someone can churn that out really quickly and you'll lose it and so it's like yeah i think we we probably are getting savvier to it and we don't judge where it's coming from which is also scary in terms of like authority Mm. research (laughs) you know because i could say a lot of things and i could be i've made mistakes before a big video of mine of James Blake. I said the song came out five years before it did, you know, and does that matter? No, but it's like, I'm like, Oh shit. Like I've got to like, I'm kind of a journalist now. I know in a way. And I, is there a responsibility that I have? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I think we are pretty savvy as consumers these days. Yeah, I'd like to hope that we are <laughs> as, a, as, as, a, as a whole, as, a, as humankind. Um, it makes me feel better for sure. And I guess like as creators, we definitely want to feel like we're presenting our work to people that are making good decisions. <laughs> um, but I guess like I, agree. I wanted to ask you about um, if you are a younger person 
Or just if you're a person. I don't know why I keep saying younger people because older generation <laughs> might want to get into in newer platforms. Or just in general, when you're talking about a young artist or a young person that creates art and wants to kind of find their voice. I know this is a very general question, but what kind of advice would you give them um, in terms of how they can, you know, go about it, what attitude they should have? Like not a step-by-step, like, you know, five-year plan, but more of like how should they change their mindset or what mindset should they have if they want to start putting their work out there for people to criticize? (laughs) My, obviously anyone's advice is based on their own life story. And, uh, you know, if, if I was to base it on that, it would be there's no rush and you don't know how it might all come together. And putting in the work is more important than who sees the work, I think, for a long time. Like I did, so before I was on NTS Radio in London and even after, I recorded a weekly radio show. So that's why I know so much about so much diverse music because you had to like research an hour, two hours worth of music new to me and present it and be passionate about it every week. Whereas like it's very engaged listening, you know? And I did that. I recorded it Wednesday nights. I kind of usually recorded it around 11 PM because I had work and I had to do my research and then I made a cover art while I was, you know, at the end of it and and then I put it up and I put the track list and all that sort of stuff and I uploaded it to all these uh, platforms and how many people listen to it like I'd got the odd email someone from Munich love this show oh my gosh and, and that would be enough for me and I was asked like why are you doing this like it's because you're tired and, <laughs> and it's and it's it's like kind of thankless and I'm like I kind of don't know mm. I don't know but I feel like I need to. Mm. It sounds a bit like martyrish, but it's not like, oh, because people need me. I just, I just felt like I needed to. And at some point I stopped it because I didn't feel like I needed to anymore. But that, all of that, which is still up, up online, represents a whole lot of honing and sharpening of a knife that I didn't know I was doing to the point now where I can, you know, speak to you, speak to anyone, DJ, go on a live stream and play any music from any genre and kind of have a fairly deep knowledge about it and passion and and selections about it because I put in that work and I can articulate myself about music and and culture and all the sort of things because I've been thinking about it for years and it all ties together in this thing that I never knew I had as a skill. So at my age of, of 35, I'm like, I didn't even know I had these skills, really. Like, I just thought they were just part of me. So you don't, I think it's just doing what you love. And I do think things work themselves out. You might be a photographer and then one day someone will be like, oh, you seem creative, can you write a script? And that's the rest of history. You never know, you know. It's so true. A lot of people that want to, you know, do something don't realize that a lot of people that are currently doing what they want to do have been doing it for 10 plus years, 15 years. I think the same for me at 35. I'm like, this is just what I do every day. But I've been doing what I do every day for the last 15, 15 years. Yeah. Um, and, and it can be hard to look at people that are young yeah. and succeeding really quickly. But those people, I would argue, have been like, if say they're a photographer, they've been obsessed with it since they were 10. Yeah. You so know, much uh, they don't just get to 17 and go like, whoops, I just took a photo and it's really good. Like they've honed some sort of eye. And I don't think I... 
was able to talk out loud and articulate myself this well until around this age, yeah. you know? And I couldn't have been this at 20. I just couldn't. Things happened slower for us, though. Like the discovery of music back when we were, you know, in high school was much more, uh, wasn't that, a, you know, a touch of a button or opening an app. It was like digging and sharing with friends and yeah. downloading one song overnight on LimeWire. <laughs> it's like yeah. a much slower, slower yeah. burn for us. But I think you're right. Like it, I think now for younger generation, it's much more compact. That kind of timeline. It's strange that because you can have a very strong opinion about, oh, have you heard about Joy Division? No, let me check them out an hour later. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, what? Yeah. You know, like it, that, that, is, that is the most old man that I'll get because I would have to go like, okay, who sells the CD? Go to Sanity. Who can I, yeah, go get it. Listen to, I can only buy one. Let's listen to it a hundred times and be really into it. And now it's like, oh yeah. I have friends that are 21 and they're like, can tell me all about the new wave scene. And it's like that, um, it's just different, yeah, different, different times, time, sure. but it kind of blows my mind that you can just absorb information yeah. <laughs> and just be like, yep, I get it. Cool. It's funny discovering music. I remember when I used to really love an album, my parents didn't like me playing rap music at home. So I'd have to go to Sanity. We'd go to the city every Friday night and I would go get the same city uh, CD. And I think at one time it was like, Marshall Mathers LP <laughs> and I would listen to it every Friday night for 30 minutes for like over three months um, and that's how wow. I consume music because like I just wouldn't be able to listen to it any other way um, yeah it's just funny how things change uh, this is yeah. this isn't a uh, podcast for old people to relive their past <laughs> 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 but uh, sometimes that happens but um time has really flown by and I feel like we could have talked a lot more but I, I kind of just wanted to ask you as we wrap up, Derek, for yourself, um, like how do you navigate what's next for you now? I think, you know, your your journey um, from everything that you've done leading to now and I, I assume, you know, TikTok is and being, you know, a creator is, still feels relatively new to you. Um, mm. How do you navigate what's next for you? Are you thinking about that or are you just kind of still having fun experimenting? I think about a lot now, unfortunately, um, because to, to me saying like, be patient, it's like, okay, I'm getting hit up all the times by very exciting things and people. And, and now it's like, well, where do I stand on all this stuff? And people that make a podcast and say, oh, okay. And like, oh, maybe I should be vlogging on YouTube. And, you know, you think about all this crap. Um, <laughs> so, and you know, I've, I've, I've got a day job and all that sort of stuff. I think the ideal would be to kind of figure out a way that I can do this sustainably and not for free. And I say for free, like, oh, you know, like it helps in a variety of different ways. So it pays me in in different ways, I guess. But I think it's, it is the same thing as what I said earlier about like being patient and uh, respecting the audience and respecting what I've built and not trying to sell out or be someone that just takes a quick buck and, and, uh, it's exciting to be like, okay, this is clearly something moving in my life that's never moved like this before. I need to make sure that if I'm, because ex- I'm excited about it, to how to maintain it and to grow it into something actually credible. Like record labels, brands have all reached out to me and do this, that, and the other. And I've said no to all of them because I'm like, well, how's that going to affect the next, you know, my reputation if I start talking about this stuff? Mm. So I think, and, you know, I think because I could afford to, I could buy all the gear and have like a nice camera and, 
you know, have like my room lit up with Philips Hue lights and start talking about <laughs> all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But I think I got to, I, I have to find my voice with all, within all those things as well. And then I think that if patience has worked for me this far, thus far, then I think I need to just hold on to what's true and, and, you know, take time and enjoy it. And I think it, 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 it may work out. I might get tired of it and you'll never hear from me again, but um, at least I've contributed something at this point, but I would like to, I would like to be someone that um, the credibility that I've developed so far has turned into something that uh, is sustainable, but not in a clickbaity way, in a kind of genuine sharing way. Well, yeah, I guess that, that whole answer kind of just calls back to what kind of creator you are. And I hope the people that are listening, especially those that want to get into this kind of, you know, creative expression this this platform i think you're kind of like how responsible you are creatively and patient and there's a lot of integrity in your thinking and your the things you make uh, it's definitely admirable and i think that's what makes you kind of stand out because there's there's not too much of that in any platform that you might open these days so yeah if you haven't or if you haven't already please check out derek on tiktok um, i'm gonna put a I'm going to give people a, an option at the beginning of the t- uh, podcast to pause the podcast and spend like half an hour on your TikTok <laughs> before we d- dive in. Please. Um, so you were saying? No, I just, I just appreciate what you said about responsible. And perhaps if we're all creatives listening and talking to this, like I feel like I have a responsibility to, to not just lean into the, the people with money mm. uh, because we should feel some responsibility to contribute some honesty and some truth and some love of things and not just be bought. And 100%. I, I've been working on an ethics statement for a while to put up on my website to be like, this is what I stand for and I'm not doing anything else because I feel responsible now mm. for, for, for myself and for music that I share, that it's real. From a person that does a lot of creative client work, it must feel nice not to have a bottom line at the moment with a lot of the stuff that you're making. And I think that's what makes it so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Talk to me in a <laughs> yeah. year, you know, like <laughs> you might be shaking that thing next year. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll be like, this is a uh, uh, three out of 10, you know, <laughs> you might be uh, at war with Drake. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Derek, I just want to say thanks so much for coming, coming on board. I think, yeah, like I said, you're definitely a creator that, that is inspiring to me and i think a lot of a lot of people as you can see from how people respond to your to your work so yeah thanks for taking the time to talk to us and as a 3 we we really kind of want to talk about you know the mindfulness of creativity as opposed to just the output i think that's just as important it's just the process of how how you approach things how you think about things is just as important as you know the the end product they end up putting out to the world because it's you know you create first for yourself and then second for everyone else. So, mm. yeah, thanks for your time. Agree. Love any that. other, any last words or if you had to, to leave us on one song? <laughs> <laughs> one song? Jeez. Um, I can't believe how much Skrillex's bangering uh, permeates 
all of life over the last 10 years because I didn't know the name of it. And I was talking on my live stream and people were like, play this. And I'm like, I don't know it. And then I'm like, I've heard this song a million times on every single ad ever. And that's how much <laughs> I'm not, that's not a suggestion. It was more like, wow, yeah, yeah. that is really like one of the songs of a generation. And I'm not saying always good. I'm just like, no, it is. Yeah. It's it influential period. It's just like, yeah. It's funny, that's the song I sing to my sister when we, like, get messy or, like, we just, like, want to <laughs> let loose and stuff. Um, or if she's, like, if we need to do the weeding or something <laughs> for our mother, something that gets us amped up. But, yeah, yeah I might yeah, find, yeah. like, a piano cover of that and exit the the uh, the podcast with a classical version of Bangarang. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, man. Thank you for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Welcome home, a podcast by Taku.